Welcome to the Student Manager. It's Fonger News Friday, March 27th, episode number 33, round two of March Sadness. Normally, 16 college basketball teams down to 16. Today's episode, my not-so-sweet spring, as in NC2A spring sports canceled due to COVID-19 coronavirus. For the second week in a row, I'm recording remote from my home office, trying to practice social distancing. On today's episode is another all-star lineup. We'll have uh, the two current Concordia volleyball players, Jordan Hopp from men's volleyball, Avery Keithley from women's beach volleyball, the Long Beach State women's softball coach, my friend Kim Souter. But now joining me from their home, social distancing in Manhattan Beach, is a former All-American who led Long Beach State to their second national championship in 1993 was part of UCLA's 2011 National Championship team as a coach, along with another former All-American who led Stanford to the National Championship in men's volleyball in 97. My college friend from the goldmine days, Joy McKenzie Furbringer, and her husband, Matt Furbringer. Joy and Matt, welcome to the episode. Uh, thanks for having us. What's up, Fonger? Uh, we're, you know, we're trying to practice the social distancing, I, and I know your household's probably running crazy with Mateo and Charlie, but we're going to get through this. And the first question I have for you was the reaction when the NCAA extended eligibility for student-athletes participating in spring sports. I mean, you're involved with the spring program or the beach volleyball program, the women's team. What was your reaction to this? Uh, I think shock and confusion, <laughs> not knowing how the NCAA is going to work that. And I think they have a meeting on the 30th on Monday where a lot more information will come out. But there's just so many moving parts with scholarships and all that, you know, everything that goes on. But, you know, also a lot of sadness for the seniors that didn't get to have their senior year. And I just look at my career. I won my national title my senior year. So had my senior year been taken away, I would not have a ring right now. So, you know, I'm really empathetic for the players who got their senior years taken away, and I hope they can work something out. But I just – I know it's not going to be that easy to – it's not that simple. And, and when, you, when you talk to Mike Martinez – and I'm sorry, Joy. When you, talk, when you talk to him, like what – you have three graduating seniors on the, on the team. I think one senior yep. on the beach volleyball team. Yep. What was his feelings, and what do you – you've got to feel for these players. Yeah, you know, I think for Mike, you know, uh, there was a, you know, obviously disappointment. And I know players coming in, uh, one senior coming in just, you know, distraught and, and, you know, their season ending and that sort of thing. But I think we're trying to adjust and adapt. And I think the thing with the Mike and I was talking to him is, you know, the NCAA has got to decide is are they going to grant this extended eligibility for just the seniors or is it going to be everybody, uh, juniors, sophomores, and freshmen. But I definitely think they need to do it for the seniors. And luckily enough for Mike, the, the two graduating uh, kids that he has, they have another year of eligibility, but there's going to be questions on, you know, are they done with school? Is their graduate program done? Who's going to pay for that? How are, if they, if the right. school doesn't pay for it, it's going to. So, you know, I think there's just, it's very situational with each kid, but I definitely think they need to do something for these seniors, uh, you know, but there's a lot of questions out there um, that they're going to have to dig through and find answers. It's a, it's a tough job that I wouldn't want 
<laughs> well, and you know, last week I had your boss, Andy Fee on, and we're talking about the spring sports. And I talked to uh, Kim about this as well, who will be on the episode. It, spring sports, most of these athletes are paying their own way. They're not on full scholarship. So you look at the ease uh-huh. of scholarships, that, that's huge for, for the spring and, and what the NCAA is going to do. Yeah, it's huge. It's these, you know, um, you know, if they're granted only four scholarships and they're splitting those scholarships, you know, who, who do they grant it to and who's going to pay for that? And are they going to allow some of these sports that have a limited number of scholarships to have over that limit? You know, because you bring in, you've got you've already promised kids coming in. Right. Right. Well, a lot has changed and a lot is changing. And you're right. Matt, they're speaking uh, from when I did my episode last Friday, a lot had changed. Uh, so a lot more details to be found, uh, to be heard. My question is with the NCAA suspending all in-person recruiting up until April 15th, and who knows, right? I mean, that may even extend longer. What is the impact to now your women's volleyball team in the fall? And then how you do your recruiting? Because so many club tournaments have canceled. And I feel for these seniors in high school, one of them, my uh, daughter's good friends, who was, I mean, San Diego State was going to be looking at her uh, last week, and the tournament got canceled. So what's that impact, uh, and, and how do you see it moving forward? Well, I, I, I think up to now, it's not that big of an impact. If we could get going again on April 15th, I think we'd be okay. But, um, you know, I would guess that's probably going to get pushed back a little bit further. And, um, and then it becomes tough. I think it really becomes tough for the unsigned seniors, you know, like you brought up your, your friend, that's, uh, you know, that's the one where people are making choices on them. And, and it's really hard for the schools that are looking for unsigned seniors because, you know, you want to do due diligence. And a lot of times you lost a kid because of transfer or because of an injury. So you need to bring someone in and you haven't seen them yet. And now we, you know, we had, we, we all kind of plan our recruiting schedules to go see people at different tournaments. And if you haven't seen those unsigned seniors yet, you know, it, it makes it tough and it makes it tough for the uncommitted juniors as well. Um, you know, cause you know, that whole junior class is looking to commit at this point, but if they haven't committed, then they're not being able to be seen right now. So, you know, I, I am optimistic that we're going to get back out there. Um, I don't think we need as much recruiting as, as is allowed. So I think people can make choices. And I think people, the colleges will just have to be more efficient. We'll have to make sure we watch the kids that we need to make immediate impact on and, you know, spend less time looking at the future, like the 2023s and, you know, the freshmen and the, you know, 24s, those younger kids that we like to kind of spend a little time looking at. Just going right. to have to spend all of our time with the kids that we're making, you know, that we're going to be making decisions on here right away. So are you planning to move forward? Do you think with your club team, because you guys are also involved with the Mizuno uh, club volleyball scene in Long Beach, do you think the Junior Olympics is going to take place? Or would you say you're optimistic? We are very optimistic, but we are very optimistic people. So we are hoping that, you know, they can get something going. I know that USA Volleyball and the tournament operators are, uh, you know, for the majority being positive and trying to make adjustments and push things back. And it's a big deal, you know, hosting a big tournament and making adjustments for travel and a location and that sort of thing. But, you know, I think one of the biggest priorities is for those in junior ball is trying to get those seniors uh, an event at the end of the year. 
Um, and I know that's really one of the talks, but they're trying to push it back in June when a lot of the seniors are done in May. So that's going to cause some conflicts because sometimes those seniors are off to college or summer school by then. Right. So, right. you know, like everybody go day to day and, and try to stay optimistic and make some adjustments to make it happen for these kids. Now, Matt, you were involved at a high level, the USA national men's team. A lot has transpired. If I'm not mistaken, you had players uh, that were stuck in, I, I don't know if it was Italy or Spain, but first walking through that process and the whole ordeal, talking with them, and then the impact on the IOC making a decision to postpone the Olympics until 2021. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the right call by IOC to do that. Uh, I mean, US, I work with the USA men's national team. Um, we are already, you know, qualified for the Olympics. So for us, I don't think there was a big of a rush to postpone it. But there's just so many athletes out there right now where it's milliseconds. Are the difference between qualifying and not qualifying, and for them to have all this time without training, it's just absurd to think that they can get to a high enough level to qualify and then let alone, you know, get to the Olympics. So, first things, I, I think that's the right call on that. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with another year for teams to get ready, athletes to get ready. As far as us, yeah, we've had, we had you know, players all over the world, and Aaron Brock, who is our athletic trainer, has done just an amazing job of, you know, kind of helping all the people get get back safely. Um, John Sparrow's done a great job of making sure everyone is kind of, you know, keeping everyone informed on what's happening. And so, yeah, so we just pretty much have all the guys back. A few guys are still left in Europe, but those that was their choice. Um, and so now we're just like a college team doing doing our Zoom videos and trying to stay in touch and guys meeting with the weight coach and getting their programs to do from home and, you know, nothing different than what our us colleges are dealing with at this point. But, you know, it's a, it was a really, really handled well by USA Volleyball and everyone involved in getting everyone back to the States and um, back home. So join that with the communication. We're talking about, you know, your student athletes, they left Long Beach State. Now they're uh, out on their own. How has it been with the workouts, the communication and what you're, do today yeah you know it's been a big adjustment and everyone's had to adapt uh you know we uh spent a week on just trying to make sure everyone got home safely and then getting everybody to address their academics uh remotely and into this telecommunicating world uh you know we um we are off and running, and, and we're using Zoom as the world, I'm sure, to connect and uh, do our team bonding. Our girls are posting and, you know, responsible for doing their workouts and probably trying to find alternative and creative ways to do it at home. Uh, but they're posting to motivate each other and keep each other inspired. Uh, and, you know, I think some of the kids were pretty used to academically doing things online, so, um, you know, Right. And, and, and Joy, this is the part of it. We're, we're learning how to be remote, too. You're sounding a little choppy coming in. So I don't know if I, uh -oh. you and Matt can just – there you go. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, yes, that, the Zoom, we're learning about Zoom. Uh, uh, it's, it's big in our household, too, with – got to figure – got my daughter at University of Washington remote. 
Juliet modern day and Joshua in eighth grade. So I'm sure you're, you're doing that in your own household with your own kids, Charlie and Mateo. Um, yeah. Yeah. Big adjustment. And you know, my college, uh, this podcast is, is to helping high school students and parents with the college search and admission process. I'm going to switch gears yeah. uh, because being, you played at Long Beach, uh, Matt played at Stanford, and now you guys mm-hmm. are coaching at Long Beach. You and I talk about this a lot when we talk about potential recruits who's come to Long Beach State, we're friends. How, how do you sell them on uh, the Long Beach State experience? Go high level, not and take away the student athlete. How about just the student and what you and I experience? What are you talking to students these days about Long Beach State? Yeah, well, first, you know, it's just a great place to go to school. It's a great location. You're in sunny California. It's a beautiful campus, and you're less than a mile away from the beach. It's got great academics. It's got a million majors that you can choose from, uh, a wide array of that that sort of thing. And then it's got, you know, great community support, and it's got, um, you know, the, the involvement of the the people that work there, the staff, the educators, you know, and and the students. It's just got a great student body and this live feel there. So, you know, for me, my experience, you know, was this, as a student athlete, and and I can't say more about the student athlete experience and the sports there. Uh, we've just got a lot of pride and, and great programs and, and coaches behind it. Matt, what would you say some advice and recommendation that you give to high school students as they're looking uh, at different colleges, especially you look at seniors now uh, today, some can't even go visit their campus, right? They're getting accepted in the last two or three weeks. But what advice can you give to high school seniors and their parents as they do the search and admission process? Well, I think number one is get on the campus as much as you can, as early as you can. Um, just so you can cross some stuff off the list and kind of maybe add things to the list, things that you never thought of. I think you were taking your daughter all over the country, right, just to see different things. Mm-hmm. We're from California, and I, I hear so many kids say, I don't want to leave California. Well, I'm like, well, go, go check one school out. You might like it out of California, you know. So I think seeing as much as you can. Um, for those volleyball players who are looking, I think going to camps is a really, really good way to get to know that um, – the staff and the current players and get a, a, you know, get a feel for what the culture's like at that school. Um, and then, you know, for everyone else, you just, you, I think you just have to be proactive. I think too many people sit behind and wait. You got to be proactive, start thinking about what you like and, and checking out the list. Just like when we're, when you're done with college, you have to find a job. You can't on the way you find out what you like and don't like is to go out there and um, experience it. Great advice. What about to the parents? Because I run across a lot of parents and I have students that I talk to and they talk about, you know, the parents just all in their grill. Like, and I'm sure you see it not only at the, at the recruiting level for volleyball, but you probably see that as well. What advice do you have for parents? So, and you're asking about advice for parents when helping their student athlete or student look for a college. Correct. Just during the whole process. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think it's the same thing as you've got to do your research. You know your kid the best. You know, you know where they prosper and where the, you know how they do in certain environments. And I think you you got to help them in the process 
you know, uh, doing their research on schools and, and finding the best fit for them. Um, but I can't emphasize enough. I've got some parents that aren't that involved, and I encourage them to be more involved um, just with helping the students where they need to. Some students have it all together, and you just want to kind of check, you know, make sure they've, they've done their due diligence in, in making such a big decision. Um, but I also tell the parents to just take your time. Like everyone's recruiting process is very different from others, so don't compare yourself to anyone else. You, we're all unique, and, and we'll go through that process, you know, and allow the time that you need to make those decisions. And someone that made a great decision is going to be an incoming 49er next year. My uh, daughter's teammate from modern day, Mia Tuanega. Why don't you talk about the highlights? <laughs> go Beach. Why don't we talk about what people have to look forward to uh, with next year's fall team as we wrap up here? Well, we're very excited about our incoming class. Uh, we've got some great, you know, as you mentioned, Mia Tuaniga, who's a top six recruit in the nation, and will be running our offense for us. Uh, we've got some great kids coming in alongside her, Jalen Jordan, who is Jenny Johnson Jordan's uh, daughter, who coaches the beach team at UCLA, comes from a big volleyball family. We've got Cameron Bacon, a big six-four middle that'll be offensive, and a uh, Kid Miano Booth from KC Power. Um, so our incoming class, and then we've got all kinds of kids that'll complement it. Jenna Giambi, who's a kid that um, her uncle played uh, baseball, yep. and I'm sure you're very good friends with him because you're the mayor of Long Beach and probably Orange County now. Jason Giambi. <laughs> Thank you, <laughs> and Joy. And some other kids that will uh, complement that. So we're very excited, and our, our kids that are here. You know, we've got Kashana Williams, who's a big force and fun to watch, returning uh, along with our seniors, Miranda Kanyas, who was hurt a lot of the year, and Allison Martinez, again, who was hurt but will be back. So we're looking for big things. Uh, we got a great group. Uh, we're motivated, and we're trying to stay, you know, during these tough times as we're trying to stay connected and, and uh, try to inspire each other, and we hope these times, uh, you know, we get through this. Well, I want to thank uh, yourself as well as Matt for joining. I know during these times we're all remote and you're getting things done. I want to wish you and your family uh, to stay safe and healthy. And we got, when we get through this, we're going to run it back. Maybe we'll go bowling. Maybe we'll go out, have some ah. drinks uh, uh, around okay. Long Beach, and, and, we'll do, and we'll have some fun. And we'll celebrate and definitely looking forward to uh, this upcoming fall season. Wonderful. Thanks, Longer. Thanks for having us on. Thanks, Longer. Thank you. Go days. Beach. All right. Go Beach. Bye-bye. And that was Joy McKenzie Furberger and her husband, Matt. We go from the coaching side of volleyball to now two uh, players uh, that are dialing in from remotely up in Northern California. We have Jordan Hoppy. He's a 6'4 outside hitter, senior redshirt. Uh, plays at Concordia. I've seen this guy. He can ball. He can hop. And he's also joined by beach volleyball player. She's a 5'10 senior from Northern California area, Avery Keithley. Jordan, Avery, welcome. Thank you for joining my podcast. Hi, thank you for having us. Hi, thank you. So my first question is the reaction when you found out that the spring beach season and the indoor season was canceled for you. I mean, Jordan, you just finished a game Wednesday night. I believe you beat USC 
in five uh, five sets. And then Avery, you just finished a beach match against Wayne State. Then the next day, talk to me about that. Uh, what was going on in your minds? Um, for me, it was a whirlwind because it was in about six hours that we were told that we could continue our season, but with no spectators. And then a little while after that, we were told there was another meeting being held um, and that they were trying to decide if that was going to be able to happen. And then we were called in and in that meeting, they were telling us that that night there was another one. So it was a lot of just like quick information um, until we found out probably that afternoon that it wasn't going to be able to continue mainly because we didn't have anyone to play <laughs> and our school was ceasing spring sports. So it was just kind of a whirlwind of emotions because we thought that somehow we made it out and it was, and then we found out that that wasn't the case. So um, right. it was just hard to kind of go through all of that so quickly because those decisions had to be made so fast. Um, but that was difficult for us. Jordan, what about you? Yeah, um, yeah for me, um, it was kind of like a buildup because, we, like for me, it was like um, first Harvard canceled the matches um, against us, and then I, it was like that was confusing because we we really didn't like understand the the pandemic and all of this. So you know, and then we we're like, all right, continue on with our season after they canceled, and then um, the next few games we see more and more teams just kind of like dropping out, and then we're just kind of sitting there wondering. At least I'm wondering like what's going to go on. And then obviously the last few games, um, most teams were out and then we still had one game against Jamestown. And then after, after that, they canceled 20 minutes before the game was supposed to start. And that kind of like just put everything in perspective about this whole thing. Both of you are seniors, Jordan, you're one of four seniors on your team. Avery, you're one of two seniors. The NCAA granted spring student athletes a relief for season eligibility. We don't know all the details, but are you considering coming back? Um, for me, I am considering coming back. Um, granted, this whole situation still needs to um, figure itself out, but I think it would be an amazing opportunity to get another chance to play um, with those guys on my team and kind of, um, finish some unfinished business. Avery, yeah, what about and you? For me, I'm definitely interested. I, I'm, we're both in contact with our school, kind of talking about what it looks like. And I, we were just talking about, like, we've been very thankful for how proactive they've handled that part of it because it doesn't feel like it's our responsibility to have to figure out all of the unknowns. They're kind of helping us out with that. And it's just, on us to kind of process where we're at and decide if we want to do that or not. So I'm really thankful for them taking on that kind of like logistical side of it. Um, but I think that for us, it would be a really cool opportunity because it would be continuing our education and getting um, our master's done while still playing. So I think that's such a unique opportunity that it's kind of hard to not at least consider it, you know? So I think that definitely right now it's looking like we would want to do that. It just like, as I said, like logistically how that plays out with the school, but um, definitely a, like a great opportunity for us in like furthering our education too. And Jordan, you're talking about unfinished business. You guys had won five in a row. I think the last time we saw you was at UC Irvine when you lost, but then you go on. I mean, that was the next time you played them and you, and you beat UC Irvine and you beat GCU and USC. I mean, you guys were just starting to get, get going. Yeah. Yeah, totally. We found our groove. It was it was really fun because the guys, like, you know, we 
figured out like kind of our mentality we wanted to bring to each game and and guys were just executing at a high level and uh yeah we felt like we could beat any team uh at the point we were at and uh we had a we had a big stretch of games coming up and we were really excited for them i think last night we were supposed to be playing stanford so um it's uh yeah it's it's a bummer but I, I was really excited for where we left off. And, you know, if we were able to get some of those guys back to pick it back up, guys the limit, honestly. And Avery, I mean, your team was balling. You had won seven in a row, 10 and one, just getting into the, the heat of beach volleyball season. There was a lot of expectations with you and your team. Yeah, I was really impressed with the talent level increase of this year. We just had some absolute, like, insane athletes and also the change in kind of team dynamic we had a really good team that was completely bought in and we had gone through some tough stuff as a team which could either push you further or closer to each other and it definitely made us come closer and we just all had the same mindset of wanting to win for one another and especially in like a beach realm that was really unique because it, it, it can get kind of separated because of partners but we were all um really rooting for one another because we knew like if the partners next to you didn't win then you weren't we weren't going to win the game right so we had all kind of checked in and it was a an older team than we've had, so I think that that made it unique too. So I'm really thankful for the thought of getting to play with those girls again because I remember being like halfway through the season, I was like, I'm really bummed I didn't have this team sooner. I'm really thankful for just even the girls that they are and the friends that I made through the season. And so the thought of getting to play with people I like and who are also really insane athletes like was kind of uh, – it was just exciting to think that that could happen again and have the opportunity to kind of – come back and continue that because we only had one loss and it was a good game so I would really enjoy getting to kind of go back at that again and see if we could run it back and do better spring classes are remote as a student athlete your schedule is so rigor right with the volleyball season going on weights classes how has it been adjusting and what are you all doing in this remote quarantine times yeah um well for me, um, it's it's an adjustment because some of the classes I had, you know, were um, a lot of information based, you know, in class like lectures and stuff, and that was really I kind of enjoyed it. Like, you know, looking back on it, like those classes are, you know, you, you learn so much from being in person. But um, the transition has been really um, really good for at least the Concordia professors. They took some time to figure out their like platforms. Um, they got it all through to us um, pretty fast. I think it was like a week they had to like come up with it. And, uh, but yeah, and everyone's doing that new online um, thing. I, I don't know what it's called. What is it called? The collaborative ultra. The thing. Like oh yeah. The collaborative ultra or whatever. It's just the like online <laughs> teaching where we can see our professors and that's been good. And then, uh, yeah. You're not using zoom. No, we're not using zoom. Um, we're using a different, we have Blackboard, so we use okay. Collaborative Ultra. It's the same thing. So what are you doing in terms of staying in shape, uh, keeping the volleyball passion going? Yeah, well, we kind of had, we went the first day because we went a little stir crazy. I think we played like six different sports that day um, just because of like the free time and we didn't have classes yet. We were like obviously still kind of like emotional from everything that had happened so we like tried to distract ourselves and played like six different sports that day uh, but once we kind of got back into the um 
realm of training and getting focused on like when we found out really that we had the opportunity for next year, we were like, okay, we need to start get back into game mode right now. Um, and thankfully we're up in Northern California right now. And where I live, we have access to a lot of different um, facilities. So it's been nice because we haven't really had to cease a whole lot of our training. We just had to be a little bit more creative with it. And not only are you student athletes and you're attending Concordia University, uh, before this all took place, I, I don't, I commend you all because you guys are both involved in the Balboa Bay uh, volleyball club scene and you coach actually my son's uh, 14s team. So now that that's uh, been postponed or should I say really canceled, because let's be honest, you ain't coming back. I don't, I don't think Balboa is going to be playing anymore and I don't think there's going to be any junior Olympics for the top teams. Do you agree? Um, with every, how everything is looking, I would agree. I mean, you can only like looking at the, you know, this, this whole thing, it's just, it's very hard for me to believe that we'll be back, you know, in a group setting, um, anytime soon, but you know, I'm always hopeful and I always want, you know, I would love that opportunity because, you know, those, those kids that we're coaching at Boboa, like they're truly a piece of like our heart and like, we love those kids and, all we want to do is see him like do well and, you know, learn the sport of volleyball. Well, I, I, I can tell you this. My son loves the, the two of you and I love watching you guys coach. I, I do think you guys know the game and understand it and, and are really helpful. And, and hopefully you guys are going to come back next year, but let's talk Concordia university. Cause obviously my podcast, the goal is to help high school students and their parents with the college search and admission process. Concordia. I already had the student manager of the men's basketball team on my podcast this year. Um, what do you personally like about Concordia? What do you like? What do you dislike? How can you tell someone that might be listening to this podcast? Hey, let's look at what I always call a not sweatshirt brand, right? School that people mm -hmm. think they're all going to get into. But let's talk about these smaller institutions that might be the right fit for you. Why Concordia? We'll start with you, Avery, first. Um, I think for me, I started playing volleyball a little bit later. So I just really appreciated how they kind of saw that um, potential in me and wanted to kind of bet on me in a sense. And I've always really appreciated how I've never been just a number there. Like my professors know who I am. I'm involved in um, the student athlete leadership and like the AD knows who I am. Like everyone is intentional and they know who you are as an athlete and an individual and you're not just like a number in a program um and kind of some other schools which it isn't um a bad thing it's just like that that is sometimes what you become so it's kind of like what matters to you and i always remembered on my visit there that i felt like i came out of just being on the campus for a couple hours having mm -hmm. a relationship with the coach and the athletes and people just kind of wanted to know who i was and i really appreciated that um and so that was unique for me because you don't get that everywhere else. So like while the small student body can be um, kind of a negative in some sense, because you don't get a lot of different people you, you see, um, it still can be a positive because it allows you to make really kind of like intentional and good relationships with people. And Jordan, you came from Orange Coast Community College before you went uh, to Concordia. You're originally from Wisconsin. Talk to me about that experience of, you know, a Midwest guy coming out here to Southern California and then picking Concordia after you play uh, in community college, the JC route. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so I, yeah, 
I went to a community college at Orange Coast College, which was in, which was in Costa Mesa. And uh, those two years, I was I was thinking like you know bigger picture, um, going to you know a bigger university. That was kind of my goal, like um, one of the you know top Division One schools to play volleyball. And then I kind of just you know as the, a couple of years passed, I got to my senior year. I just started to come to a realization, you know, like I want to go to a spot that, you know, is going to work for me and something that I actually, you know, I, I like to be around. And being in uh, Costa Mesa, Orange County for those two years, I really started to like, you know, all like everything around me, like the beaches, um, the people, the restaurants, like just the area. Um, I went on a few visits to some of those bigger schools and I kind of just realized, you know, I'd be missing all of that. And then uh, Concordia is, you know, Division One school right in the area, along with UCI as well. But um, Concordia, they, they were looking at me, and it was just kind of a no-brainer at that point. What advice and recommendation would you give first to the student? Not necessarily the student athlete, but how about just a student in general looking at colleges here from Southern California, uh, you guys went through the process. What advice would you give to the student? Um, definitely school comes first. I was really thankful when I got to college because of the work I put in high school. I came in um, pretty much done with all my GEs and I was able to start my major classes sooner. So I was really um, like, I'm a really big advocate of getting into those classes that are going to set you up in college so that you're put further in your academics than you are. Um, and like in terms of student athletes, I remember I was told that um, you have to pick a school that you would go to regardless of the sports and that you would enjoy. Um, even if you got everything taken away from you, which in this time was pretty um, apparent that I really appreciate the school I chose, even when kind of my sport identity got taken away from me, I still felt like I enjoyed the school that I went to and kind of, um, like I, I picked a good choice and it came to academics as well. Avery, you confirm and validated everything I tell a student athlete, even a lot of my daughter's friends. I say, pick a school where you want to get a degree, where you feel proud that you can walk down that stage because you're one injury away from never playing again. And you're maybe one coach away from who recruited you that's going to get fired that doesn't even want you part of their program. So you have to be picking the school for the school. So I'm glad you, you pointed that out. Uh, Jordan, what advice would you give to parents uh, uh, switching it up a little bit? Because I, I run across on my podcast and we hear about these parents that are like the tiger hovering parents, right? And they're trying to live their life vicariously through their kids. They want their kids to go to that sweatshirt brand. What advice would you give to parents? Um, I would just say, you know, be be observant of, you know, your kid and, uh, you know, not, you, you don't want to obviously, yeah, like push him into any decision, but um, just really letting him have that, you know, um, free will, just that open choice of, you know, seeing what he likes and seeing where, you know, he, uh, you know, and then just, and then, uh, just telling him, you know, giving him options, saying, you know, being completely realistic with him and showing him um, what you're going to get at different types of schools and not trying to persuade him in either way. Um, I think that's the best way a parent can, you know, help his kid succeed. And Avery, I don't know if you're still finishing up that uh, project or the assignment, because I know you had some of your team's uh, kids fill it out as well as their parents. 
And, and I don't know if that was before everyone uh, was, you know, quarantined and we weren't able to go back and to have any practices, but are you still working on that class project or that thesis in terms of the sports? Yeah. So that's one, that's my senior project. I'm um, doing research on the effects of parental motivational climate on child goal orientation and in regular um, language that basically is just exactly what you're talking about. Like looking at how, you as a parent can affect what your child experiences in sport. Um, and I am no longer able to kind of do the in-person research with the surveys or interviews, but I am able to still go through the literature and kind of go through a review of it all. Um, and everything my advisor and I have found is that basically the parent's job and role, um, if they like, if they so choose or if they're reading kind of up on the current data and whatnot is to, allow their child to experience sport in the way that they want to, instead of trying to kind of express their own feelings on it. Um, and so it's right. been really interesting to look at that. Um, and I remember too, like going through the recruiting process in high school, um, similar kind of advice that I got was that, and that I kind of like, I love when an athlete comes and does this at our school is when they'll come on campus as just the athlete and want to meet us or like see the campus and they um, take the initiative on their own, like as a college athlete and seeing a recruit do that, like, I remember those recruits and I'm like kind of looking forward to see even if they don't come to our school, like where they go, because that takes a lot of like guts to do that. And it's always impressive to see a high school kid, like come on a campus and do it themselves. And even if they bring their parents, if they're the ones asking the questions and they showed the initiative, like knowing that that could be my future teammate. Like I remember that kid um, pretty quickly and it's always a cool thing to see. Well, Jordan, Avery, I want to thank you for taking time out of your day. I know you have remote classes, remote workouts, Hopefully, I'm going to be optimistic in saying that we might see each other again by the end of the club volleyball season. But if not, thank you for everything that you have done. Uh, Joshua loves the game, and I wish you guys the best. And um, hopefully, maybe we'll see you back at Concordia next year. Yeah, thank you very much for having us. Yeah, thank you. There you go. Jordan and Avery. So joining me is women's softball coach at Long Beach State and good friend Kim Souter. Kim, let's look on the positive side. If your season wasn't canceled due to coronavirus, we wouldn't be talking right now as you'd be busy uh, about to start Big West Conference play. And I know the team was 13 and 12. You just finished with Boston U last Thursday at the Eastern Classic in Fullerton. Did you know that was going to be your last game? You know what? We didn't. We actually, um, we were supposed to play at five o'clock on Thursday night and we moved the game up uh, to nine o'clock in the morning because of the rain. Uh, rain was supposed to be coming in. So um, Harvard was also in the tournament with us that weekend and they had canceled. So mm -hmm. we knew that, you know, at least that was the only league at the time that had canceled going into that game. Um, actually that morning we got news that the Patriot league had canceled and that was Boston who we were playing. Um, so the, but the coach Ashley, uh, she wanted to play one last game for her seniors. She had two seniors and, um, still wanted to play the game. So we, uh, we were set to play her two seniors actually got honored, uh, before the game, uh, with some flowers and, definitely some tears and you know we we felt bad for them um not knowing that it was going to be our last game but uh, the the thought had entered our minds i think that we might be 
suspended. Um, I think everyone was kind of thinking something was was lurking there just because the NBA had just suspended their season. So that was like a big, big eye opener for us. So, um, you know, the, our team was for some reason, it just felt like we needed to get the game in. It was raining. They had to stop the game, um, put the tarp on, but everybody kind of was, you know, enjoying themselves as much as they can. Our team loves, they love each other. They always have a good time and, it, there wasn't the pressure in the game like it mattered, you know, as much who won or lost. It, the, the feeling was let's let's play well and, and enjoy it for our seniors. And um, we had a senior pitching and um, got most of our seniors in. Um, Abby Lockman got a pinch hit, a uh, home run. And then Breezy Wise, who's had an unbelievable season um, as a senior, hit the walk-off uh, double. To, to end the game so there was there was a lot of a lot of positives and a lot of good moments for for some of the seniors and everyone kind of enjoyed themselves but uh i actually was on a conference call during the game because i had got word that you know they were going to be giving us some news and i felt like i wanted to get that news firsthand from from our administrators and be able to have you know, give that information to our team um, so much. They find out so much before we do, but because we were playing, um, you know, I wanted to be on that conference call and be able to give them the, the information. And uh, within, within, within probably 30 seconds of us uh, hitting the walk-offs, Cindy had called and said, Kim, you need to pull your team off of the field right now. And um, we had just ended it. So, it was it was probably the last game uh, for the season, and you know, I at the time it was it, our season was being suspended. It wasn't uh, it wasn't over. So I think you know a lot of the team seniors were we were all hopeful that you know it was going to be a two or three week deal, and um, you know we'd be able to get back on the field. So. Um, we didn't, we didn't quite know, but within hours, I feel like the NCAA had canceled all championships and everything happened fast. seems like yeah, it, months passed. And you, <laughs> and you know, it, it, time traveled really quick. I was talking to Andy and how he communicated with, uh, months in the basketball coach or even Alan, the volleyball coach, cause they had a game that night. Uh, but obviously you were in the game and, and you know, here, here's what I feel for. I feel for. You're talking about Boston University and their senior group. I look at your seniors, and you have six six of them are seniors that transferred, right? And they're coming to Long Beach State. They're not going to be able to experience that last game, that final out, that final time walking off the field, and the empathy for them, right? We're talking about maybe one shining moment for basketball. This was their one shining moment, and they might – well, not might. They're never going to be able to experience that, and you got to feel for them. Yeah, I mean, there there aren't any words that can give them that experience back. You know, that's that's the thing. That the good thing is that the NCAA has done the right thing, and right away, they have you know let everyone know that they will be um, given a year back if they would like. Um, and you know, we do have we have seven seniors, and uh, four of them were in their their fifth year, their fifth year of playing, and and right. they're graduating, and they've applied to different master's programs at, you know, different universities. And, you know, so 
Um, it's definitely going to work out for some of them. We would love to have each and every one of them back. Um, but right. like you said, not everybody's going to get to have that. And, you know, I, I, again, there, there are no words and I, I feel bad and we'll do everything we can to honor them when, when the time comes. But, uh, I guess the knowing that they, they sacrifice something really, really huge for, for, you know, a bigger purpose. And it, it was what was obviously needed to be done. And, um, you know, they had to be the ones that sacrificed their final season. Well, and I look at the seniors that you have, let's just say they do come back. There's the accommodating of, you know, you have the freshman class coming in. There's the NCAA e-scholarship limitations, right? And what's the relationship with the coaches uh, going to be? Or, or is there going to be a jump in the transfer portal? There's so much to be unseen. Obviously, these, this time that we're going through is historic. Uh, we'd never experience it. It's not something like you can practice or, you know, your mentor coach Pete can say, Kim, you got to look out for this, right? Uh, we we're, we're experiencing as it is today. Yes. And things are changing fast by the hour and um, you just, you got to stay flexible and, you know, do the, do the right thing for the kids. And, um, you know, it is going to be crazy with, I, I mean, mainly seniors because a lot of them are, you know, away from home, graduating, and there's just so many, so many answers that we need as far as the financial aid part of it and scholarships. And, um, you know, we, we would make it work with all of our seniors. I mean, we have low num really no low numbers this year as a team. So, um, you know, it's, we, we would love to have them, but you know, everyone's situation is different. And, and I, I understand and will support each and every one of them. Spring semester is online for Long Beach State. I know my daughter is going back up to UW, uh, living in her sorority house and finishing up uh, her quarter online. I told her, although they gave you a date in late April, or early May, it's probably going to go through June. So just expect it online. You guys have already made the decision online. Your players are obviously at home, uh, remote. What's the communication uh, been? How do you keep in touch with your players? How do you keep them doing what they're doing as if they were in school? Because their world just got upended. Yes, our academic advisors, they have been incredible. I mean, the amount of emails and, and things, just organizing all of their tutoring and all of that going through Zoom. Uh, they'll be doing all of that and continuing that. I mean, it's only been a week. You know, we, we were on the field a week ago yesterday, so... Um, we are going to be starting, they'll start their online school on Monday and we will, as a staff, you know, meet, we'll talk with seven, seven players each, each week and rotate them and just stay on top of, you know, how they're doing with, with academics and with life and having a lot more one-on-one -on -one conversations probably than we would, um, had we been on the field. Um, and just really trying to stay on top of that. We have a WhatsApp that we all share a quote each day and a joke. Uh, we'll continue to do that with our team. Uh, it just kind of goes in order and keeps us all communicating. We'll do some uh, Zoom chats with the team once, you know, once a week just to get everyone together and laugh a little bit, just like we did every day and uh, try to turn, you know, make it as positive as we can. Well, you know, March Madness is my favorite time of the I month. Uh, you, you're talking about the WhatsApp app. 
uh, I got to bring the story up because Coach Greenberg uh, asked me to put together a group text for all of our players in the last 24, 48 hours uh, who was on this episode uh, earlier today. Um, but it, it keeps us just smiling, right? Sharing stories. Maybe you should do that. Uh, get Ruby and you all to just do a what's up that from your 89 to 92 teams at Long Beach State. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we have one. Believe me, we're, we're <laughs> a group that uh, keeps us busy all the time. So, <laughs> Right. Do you guys work? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but we always find time for, for fun, fun and laughter. My podcast, obviously, is for the Southern California area, specifically Orange County, helping college or should I say helping high school students and parents with the college search and admission process. What advice do you have for not only student athletes, but for students going through the process? You have two sons on your own. Uh, what advice do you give the students when they're looking at colleges? Um, I think just uh, doing, doing your homework and uh, knowing what's important to you, um, asking a lot of questions with um, your counselors and, you know, there's so much information, you know, on the, on the web, you can get on there and, and do your research and kind of, you know, what's, know what's important, uh, to you. There's so many, so many options out there. Um, I, I think you just need to, to check, you know, all avenues and listen to, you know, when your counselors bring people in to, to talk, make sure you're, you're listening and taking advantage of, you know, the different resources that are available to, you know, help you find um, what you're interested in studying and, and kind of the path that you want to go on and, and be realistic with, you know, what type of student you are and, and your chances of, you know, getting into certain um, colleges and just having a backup plan, having a backup plan to, you know, if, mm -hmm. if you do, want to go to a specific school, you may have to go, you know, the two-year route and to get into that school if, if it's not an option at the time. So I, I think having having different options and, uh, you know, not panicking and, um, you know, uh, just just uh, staying on top of, of doing your homework. I talk a lot about uh, transfers, uh, you know, going to the school. Was it the school that you should have gone to in the first place? You have eight transfers on your team. When they're transferring, like, why are they transferring? Uh, and what are you evaluating and looking at when you take on a transfer? Um, gosh, I feel like there's so many different reasons. I mean, we had one this year that had had surgery and, and redshirted and had graduated from Tennessee and had one year of eligibility, wanted to come back home and play in front of her family. Um, we've had just, it's been a better fit as far as competition wise, um, playing wise, wanting to be closer to home. And we have been so, so lucky um to with every one of our transfers i mean they have all just you you like to talk to them and find out the character and the story behind it and um you know but we we have been really really fortunate and a lot a lot of it is you know there's so many great players and people from california and sometimes it's you know a better fit to be a little bit closer to home or you know it, it could there's a different reason I feel like with every, every player. So. 
Well, you've been at the helm for, I think you're entering your 14th year, three-time Big West Coach of the Year, winning over 60% of your games, making seven NCAA regional appearances. Uh, your, your friend, Frank Burleson, by the way, wants to give you a shout out and say hi to you. Uh, and, <laughs> and Tim, when things get back to normal, we need to do our annual summer lunch. And I got to get back out to see uh, my name on the locker between you and Ruby. I just, I want to give you a shout out. You and Maria, you guys have been huge supporters of Long Beach State Athletics and, and our program is, it's given us so much love and we feel it and we love, we appreciate the support and um, we feel fortunate to, to have you in our life. So thank you. Well, thank you. You make sure uh, Zach and Jacob and Sean are all doing okay and you guys stay healthy and safe and, and we'll be in touch. Okay. Thank you. All right. Bye. Kim Sauter. Thank you to my executive producer, Murph Cargis. Thank you to my corporate sponsors who've been supporting during this time, Trenta Kachina in Costa Mesa, Dory Deli in Newport Beach. And thank you to the guests, Joy McKenzie Fernberger and her husband, Matt, Jordan Hoppy, Avery Keithley, and Kim Sauter. Stay safe, stay healthy. For now, Fire News, out.